0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Saltonite Hour, I'm Deacon Pedro. For 16 years now we have been reviewing films on this program, hoping to give you tips for what films to watch or what to look for in films. But what we ended up with, thanks to our film expert, Sister Marie Paul Curley, is so much more. Instead of just giving us a review of a film, she gives us the windows to the soul of a particular film. She has brought us insights about films that we love and introduced us to films that we had never heard of. Sister Marie Paul is a member of the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and we hear from her once a month. This week... We will listen to some of our favorite Windows to the Soul segments with Sister Marie Paul Curley from the 2020-2021 season. Now you might remember that 2021 was the year of St. Joseph, and so we will hear about many films about father figures, but also others, biopics, Two Crowns and Ride Like a Girl, films about journeys and transformation, A Man Called Ove and The Scarlet and the Black, animated Academy Award films like Onward, Over the Moon, and Soul, and then we will look at strong father figures in films like Cargo and Les Mis, as well as a few films with St. Joseph figures. But we begin with a film that she spoke to us about at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns and in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement, as we began the summer of 2020. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, it's good to have you back on the program.
1: It's good to be here, Deacon Pedro. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, In light of recent events, uh, the death of George Floyd, uh, and and the wide availability here in the U.S. of uh, Mm -hmm. movies about racism, I thought maybe we could feature one of the best ones that I've seen uh, for a Windows to the Soul pick. Uh, It's called Just Mercy. It's a very powerful biopic. It's adapted from the memoir of Bryan Stevenson, who is a lawyer and a social justice activist. Mm -hmm. And he's involved in the making of the film, so uh, it's Mm -hmm. quite genuine in its portrayal of his work. Uh, And it focuses, he does many things, but it focuses on his efforts, especially at the beginning, to provide quality legal representation to uh, Walter McMillan and other death row inmates. So it speaks very powerfully um, to the cause of racism and the recent protests. In a way that that really illustrates both the need and the power to recognize the equal human dignity of every person. It's mm-hmm. it's done it's done really well. It's it, it's still available for those who are listening here in the U.S. It's still available free until the end of June, so you can uh, rent it quote rent it okay. for free um, yeah. along with some other excellent films. Uh, Just Mercy is. Artistically, it's gripping. It's well written. It's very powerfully acted. I believe Jamie Foxx, who plays mm-hmm. the role of the prisoner on death row, uh, Walter McMillan, also known as Johnny D, uh, yeah. he received a couple of awards for his acting. But Michael B. Jordan plays uh, the lawyer uh, uh, Brian Stevenson, and he is—he does a great job. He's powerful, but also understated. So the story centers around his efforts to uh, to free prisoners from death row, to defend them in the legal system. And it. so the film explores racism in depth, but it also gives us a window into the experience of prisoners on death row uh, who are in some cases innocent and in many cases not deserving of any kind of a harsh sentence. Hmm. The the film clearly shows the inhumanity of the death sentence and the lack of justice in the US's criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. So uh, in terms of the accessibility, the film is done in a way that it's pretty accessible to a general audience. Um, I found the the resilience of the Black prisoners and the Black community incredibly inspiring, as well as Stevenson's efforts. Uh, He's clearly fighting for justice, But he does it in a way that while claiming justice, it also respects the dignity of each person that he's encountering. And at at several points, there's several moments of a person-to-person encounter between two people who are very different. And the transformation or the change that starts, the sh- subtle shift that starts to happen, like for example, between a guard and one of the prisoners uh, who the guard starts to realize, hey, this guy might actually be innocent even though he's on death row. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite these moments of grace, it's not an easy film to watch. Uh, it, it does have a portrayal of the death sentence being carried out, which is horrific. Um, but the violence for the most part uh, other, other things are off screen. So it's, it's filled with seeds of the gospel. It has, um, matter of fact, the main character at the end does a wonderful, you know, kind of what I learned from fighting for this, this particular case. And what I learned from this particular innocent Mm -hmm. man who was imprisoned and put on death row. And, um, I was like, Hey, the U S bishops could have said some of this stuff. Like it's really Catholic social teaching here. Okay. Um, so I, I would say, uh, he talks a lot about justice, but also about hope and how hope gives us the uh, ability or the resilience to keep fighting for justice. Uh, and and he talks about mercy and redemption and grace, unmerited grace. Um, so I, of the mix of films that I've recently seen about racism, I think this is a great discussion film for families, for mm-hmm. children who are mature. Um, it's most lit up with the hope that the gospel gives us so right it's an interesting uh, it's a good it's a good good pick uh, if yeah. you want to pick one film, I think this was is a deserving one
0: okay, so just mercy. I had not heard about it until you mentioned it to me, so thank you for telling us uh, about it today and uh, have a good rest of the summer thank you you
1: too and you and the listeners are always in my prayers
0: thank you We'll see you or talk to you. Maybe we'll see you in the fall. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul and you can read her blog at windows windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for windows to the soul with sister marie paul Curley. sister welcome back
1: oh it's great to be back on the show deacon pedro i've missed y'all but i've been praying for (laughs) y'all
0: good thank you and i hope you had a good summer
1: i did a very nice summer uh with with lots of challenges but also a beautiful summer yes i am delighted today to talk about my fade one of my favorite genres of film Mm -hmm. um uh, Deacon Pedro, do you like biopics? I can't remember if I've asked you that before.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't like. I, uh, hmm. you know what? I think I would say that I like films that are based on true stories, whether it's a biopic or not. And and there seem to be a lot, a lot recently, just films based on true stories. Um, That's true, and and I
1: I, I think they're also doing a better job at them, which is really good. Biopics are one of my favorite genres, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saint pic, Saint stories being one of the sub genres of the of yes. biopics, but I am extremely picky about them. So I'm going to talk about two biopics. One is A Small Budget, Life of a Saint, and the other I kind of stumbled upon looking for a family film. Uh, so the first one is called Two Crowns. Mm -hmm. It's a docudrama about the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe, the Franciscan priest who is known most for his offering to take the place of another prisoner at the Auschwitz concentration camp and dying in that man's place, but who actually had a pretty amazing life before that. And so uh, he's known as the apostle for Marian consecration. And also he's a personal inspiration to me for his evangelization through the media back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s, early 40s. Um, His entire life really deserves an in-depth treatment. So this new film, uh, which came out in 2017 in Poland and in Polish, but is now dubbed into English for the first time. It does a good job of giving us some authentic glimpses of Maximilian Kolbe's holiness and his urgency to evangelize maybe his personality as well, but especially I, especially I think it does a good job giving us an idea of his great faith and his magnetic faith that drew others to collaborate with him in his mission. Uh, As a seminarian, of course, he formed the Knights of the Immaculata, Mm -hmm. uh, an evangelization movement, basically, and that was where he dedicated his life. Uh, the Two Crowns is playing in theaters all over the United States for just one night, October 26th, and it's uh, all over the place. Uh, there are at least five or six uh, showings in Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in going to the theaters at this time uh, with the pandemic, this is the one opportunity you would probably have to see this film on the big screen. Okay. The most in- engaging parts of the film for me were the dramatized scenes. But I have to confess that overall the film does feel a bit disjointed, which can happen with a docudrama. You know, parts of it are documentary and parts of, parts of it are little dramatized yeah. clips. Uh, and also without knowing something about Maximilian Colby before the film starts. I think it could be confusing, especially at the beginning. It's not always clear what's the next step okay. on his journey. Um, part of that might be, you know, the fragmentation of the story might be from the film's translation. It's dubbed into English. The dubbing job isn't particularly good, okay. and I think the translation might have been rushed. There's a lot of problems with some of the some of the terms that are used. Um, okay. Especially, I would like to mention one scene at the founding of them the uh, knights of the immaculate where maximilian colby is talking about converting the language used is very militant and he kind of lumps all kinds of people and groups of people together in a way that's really not respectful okay. uh, of those individual groups so i think that's part translation and partly a different understanding of the time so mm-hmm. it's something to keep an eye out for um, in terms of the film but overall Despite those limitations, I think this is, uh, you know, I learned new things about Maximilian and Colby and was deeply inspired, not just by the sacrifice of his life at the end of his life, but all along the way. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: if this Monday is not a good time for you to go to the theater, do look for it in streaming or releasing on DVD in upcoming months. And it's, it's called Two Crowns
0: two crowns. So theaters, October twenty-six, Monday. Um, yeah. It's thank you for that because we think that he was, he's a saint because of how he died, but we have to remember that he's a saint because of how he lived. And there's a lot more than just what happened at the end of his life. So, yeah. so that's a, it's a great story. Thank you.
1: He's so inspiring. Uh, mm-hmm. He's one of my personal, personal favorite saints. You know, he's just one of those, one of those that I really love. The second biopic is completely different. I was actually just looking for a good family film to watch something you know, that had some depth to it, but was kind of light. And I ran into this film. It's called Ride Like a Girl. Okay, <laughs> It's a 2019 biopic that j- released this year to streaming and a, perhaps DVD. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's your typical sports genre movie um, uh, about a, a young woman, but it has a couple of twists to it um, that, uh, it, The characters make very inspiring choices that I think are directly attributed to their Catholic faith, which is presented as a strong background or environment in which the characters live. So it's Ride Like a Girl is a portrayal of the true story of a young woman who grows up in Australia within her family's occupation of horse racing. Okay. Uh, she's uh, the youngest of ten children. She was born in 1985, so this is all very recent. And the name of this young woman is Michelle Payne, and she her great de- dream is to be a jockey. Okay. Which, if you're familiar with horse racing, being a jockey is the most, or at least one of the most dangerous jobs you can have in sports. Mm-hmm. So women jockeys are rare. A winning women jockey, woman jockey, is very rare, even in this decade. Right. Two quick things that I loved about the film. She grows up in a large Catholic family and mm-hmm. the way they portray it so authentically, like the kids all jumping out of the van, all 10 of them jumping out of the van to get to mass. Uh, we did that. I'm, I'm from a large family. We did that when I was a kid. And um, that really resonated with me. But the fact that the character's faith is just a part of their lives and obviously influences how supportive and loving they are to each other, even amidst real tension and difficulty. The father, in particular, uh, Patty, is portrayed by—he's acted. Uh, Sam Neill is mm-hmm. uh, portrays him wonderfully. Is a man of very deep faith, uh, but okay. uh, Michelle's faith uh, is also on screen as well.
0: Nice. And the
1: second choice that the filmmakers made—and this was amazing—the her her. She was the youngest, and the brother next to her, the second youngest child, was born with Down syndrome. His name is Stevie, Stevie Payne. And the filmmakers made the choice to cast Stevie as himself in the film.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: This adds a whole, and he does an amazing job. This adds a whole level of authenticity, credibility, enjoyment, wonderment and really an amazing pro-life tribute to the film. So I, this film goes way beyond just offering good role models. It offers so many values and it's, it's for the family. It's a pretty good film. There's some intense scenes. We're talking horse racing. Um, People are injured and uh, somebody dies. Um, There's, there's, uh, there's a few adult references, but done in a way that a young a younger person would probably probably just go right over their head. So um, a good family film Sounds that offers great. a little bit more. And
0: Ride that's like S- a Girl. streaming? People can find it streaming? At it's platforms.
1: streaming and it's on several platforms. Okay, so great. I don't think so you'll have trouble finding it.
0: Ride Like a Girl and then Two Crowns that's playing in theaters on October 26th. Thank you, sister. Um, thank you very much. Um, I, I'm going to look up look up that, uh, that Ride Like a Girl uh, movie. Sounds great. Um, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for these okay. uh, tips today. Yes. God okay. bless. Take care. You too. Sister Marie Paul Curley, she's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windows to the And you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. I'm Deacon Pedro, and you're listening to a special Windows to the Soul edition of the Saltonite Hour. Coming up, Sister Marie Paul tells us about A Man Called Ove and The Scarlet and the Black, and also films with strong St. Joseph figures. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Kirby. Sister, welcome back to the program. Happy New Year. Good to see you.
1: Happy new year, happy lunar new year, and I guess blessings for a very fruitful Mm. and wonderful Lent Um, movies to start off our Lenten journey. uh, You have a Lenten movie that you see almost every year?
0: Yeah, I'd say maybe it's more of a Holy Week movie, Mm. Um, and maybe I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but it's a great film. I think it's a wonderful film, Jesus Christ Superstar.
1: Ah, I'm not necessarily
0: yeah. crazy about the actual musical, but I think it's a wonderful film. I mean, yeah. from, a, from a filmmaker's point of view, it's a fabulous film. Maybe not the most accurate Jesus story, but there's some, <laughs> some, some absolute truths that can be found in Jesus Christ Superstar.
1: Yeah, and isn't the gift of a musical to evoke emotion and connect yes. us emotionally? Uh, At a I different think- level, yes. I think it does that very well. Yes. Uh, So yeah, I would, that's, that's, that's a good, I mean, I think Lives of Christ are great movies to watch and to enter into uh, during Lent. I have a couple other suggestions that aren't the Lives of Christ, just to, movies that talk more about journey and transformation. And the first one is in Oldie Goldie. It's called The Scarlet and the Black. Oh yeah. It it is, uh, it stars Gregory Peck as Monsignor O'Flaherty. Yes. And uh, Christopher Plummer, who just recently mm, passed he just away. Passed. Uh, it's, he's brilliant in his role as really the Nazi war criminal, uh, the Nazi command mm-hmm. colonel of Herbert Kepler. Now, this is based on a true story. Yes. I believe the book is called The Scarlet Pimpernel of the Vatican. Yes. Uh, which, if you're familiar with that story, is a lot of fun. Uh, but it's based on the true story of how um, Monsignor Flaherty, who lived and worked at the Vatican, rescued oh, I can't remember the number of uh, prisoners of war and escaped prisoners of wars and and Jews and other victims or could have been victims of the Holocaust hid them in the Vatican and around the city of Rome at great personal risk and uh, even going out in disguises and things anyway it's a great it's a great film it's it's a little slow it's a made-for TV movie done in the 80s I don't know if children might need a a background in World War Two, and it is dealing with some pretty serious issues. Uh, there are a few torture scenes, so I'm, mm-hmm. it's not appropriate for young children, and it's a little slow for them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But about twenty minutes in, the film starts to ramp up, and twenty minutes more, you're kind of like, "Is he going to make it back to the Vatican alive?" You right. know, after he risks his life for for different people. Um, it's and 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 who doesn't want to see Christopher Plummer and Gregory Peck? right off in a great yes. film. I mean, they're both brilliant actors. So I, uh, and it's, it's got a very, it, it's, it's a movie that's meant to be seen to the end because Monsignor O'Flaherty is a very human is very human mm-hmm. and he suffers a lot during this time. So I, I highly encourage it for a sense of, you know, what the journeys that each of these men make and, um and, and just this whole idea of conversion and being open to, Mm-hmm. Uh, the needs of suffering humanity and being willing to put oneself out there to help. Uh, very powerful film.
0: Okay. The Scarlet and the Black. Good.
1: Yes. Yes. And the, the second film is a more recent film. And it's, it's uh, made in Sweden. It's based on a popular novel. It's called A Man Called Ove. Uh-huh. Uh, and the film's with English subtitles. It's, it's, it's an amazing story of an older man who's a widower who has basically given up on life. Now this Mm. film definitely has adult themes in it. So I would recommend deals with the theme of suicide. Uh, So I do recommend, you know, if if you're seeing it as a family film that the adults, one of the adults would see it ahead of time and you may want to discuss it afterwards. But this man who has given up in life, who has so much pain, who is such a, a, so irritating, a, a pain to everybody he interacts with it shows his journey. He feels like life is over for him and yet he cannot, he cannot not respond to the needs of others. And uh, it's, it's quite an amazing film. And again, a film about transformation. So very much a character development film, but a really good, both films offer something to that idea of Looking at ourselves, seeing ourselves a little bit differently and uh, being trans, allowing the circumstances that the Lord allows for us, uh, allowing that to transform us. A Man Called Obey is not a religious film at all, but
0: no.
1: that human transformation and the, tra- the power right. of love and the power of a beautiful marriage.
0: Oh, okay. So lots of good themes. Um, You're making me think that we don't necessarily think of Lent as a time of transformation. We kind of Mm -hmm. think that Easter is that time, but it's good to know that Lent leads us to Easter. So to think of Lent as a time of transformation, not just journey, is is also good. So where could people watch these? Are these? um,
1: Oh, A Man Called Ove is available for regular rental. um, Some libraries have it. And uh, Scarlet in the Black. Oh, I didn't look that up. I'm sure it's around. I'm sure it's around. It
0: might be around. Yeah. So if people search, do an online search, they should be able to find uh, these classics. Um, Thank you, sister. This is good. You're always giving us good suggestions. So um, in all this uh, extra time that we have for movie watching, we can maybe schedule in some, some good movies that are going to help us in on our lantern journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because they kind of stay with you, you know, and, um, and then allow you to kind of unpack it for yourself. So
0: very good okay well good thank you great beginning to this lent to you and to your sisters
1: thank you and you all are always in our prayers
0: thank you there you go sister marie paul curly windows to the souls sister marie paul is with the congregations of the daughters of saint paul and you can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com and you can follow her at sister m paul
1: hi i'm julian Cantor, and you're listening to the salt and light hour with dj pedro
0: Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program.
1: Oh, thank you, Deacon Pedro. How is your Lent going?
0: It, it, it's going well. It's going well. It feels like it's like the 57th week in Lent, but we're good. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. This past week, we celebrated the Feast of St. Joseph mm-hmm. during the year dedicated to St. Joseph. And so I thought, wouldn't it be cool to talk about uh, father figures uh, who kind of bring to m- in the films that kind of bring to mind St. Joseph. And so uh, Deacon Pedro, do you have a favorite on screen, you know, father that you think is represents a good image, a strong image of St. Joseph?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm glad that this, here's the disclaimer. I'm glad you asked me a few days ago, because had you put me on the spot, I would have been completely, you know, deer in the headlights. Um, I'm going to go with, and it's probably because I grew up with this show, Little House on the Prairie, Charles Ingalls, I think for me, kind of, and because, I, you know, you got to see him for, I don't know how many years. So it really gives you a really well-rounded picture of what I think a dad a dad who sacrifices, a dad who's a protector, a dad who is a, who's an educator and a defend like all those things uh, kind of came together in that character. So, I think that yeah, Charles Ingalls, Michael <laughs> Landon, and Little House on the Prairie.
1: That's a great choice. I, I actually wow, and I didn't think of that at all. So I'm still, I am really glad I asked you ahead of time. But I also think it's interesting that. Uh, the characteristics that you chose—that selfless, sa- you know, self-giving, sacrificial love that a father has for his family—and uh, we're talking father, but we're, you know, the head of the family. Yeah. Um, if we use St. Paul's terms, um, P- Pope Francis in his letter, which is really beautiful on St. Joseph, talks about different characteristics of St. Joseph. So I highlighted three because I was like, how am I going to find? great father figure. Okay. There's a lot of great father-son movies, a lot of great father-daughter movies, yes. but a lot of times the father's converting. And so, mm. which is fine. And it's not that St. Joseph didn't convert. I'm sure he lived daily conversion mm. like all of us have to, but he was an upright man is what the scriptures tell us. So I, I looked at the characteristics that Pope Francis put in his letter and I chose three mm. to look at for films. And you, you nailed it on the first one, that oh, selfless God. love of a father. And, uh, you know, for Joseph, his spouse and his, his son were the, were the treasure uh, to be cherished and guarded and protected. And we see that in the life of St. Joseph. And, and Pope Francis talks about that, that Joseph knew how to love with extraordinary freedom. He wasn't the center of things himself, but he always made Mary and Jesus the center. So that's really cool. The second, so Charles Engels, Little House on the Prairie really fits that. Trust in divine providence. Coupled with creative courage to turn problems into possibilities. Hmm. That is a characteristic. That's a series of characteristics that Pope Francis highlights. And I thought that was really kind of cool because I thought of the father that came to mind first for me was in the recent thriller, A Quiet Place.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Which is you've you've seen it. Of course.
0: It's a great film. We've spoken about it in this show. We've spoken about it. Yes,
1: that's right. That's right. That's right. We did talk about it. So I guess I'm raising it again. If you like a good thriller and you haven't seen it, or if you have seen it and you want to be inspired again by a great father figure, Uh, you know, Lee Abbott is just amazing as a dad and he's compassionate to his children, but he's so creative, um, especially towards the end of the film. Mm. But even at the beginning of the film, how this couple who are being hunted by their family, all humanity is being hunted by creatures that hunt by sound and they can hear the tiniest sound and then they'll Mm. come after you and, and, and and destroy you, kill you. Um, how this family lives in absolute quiet, how he's created a refuge with his wife for the family and how he's so kind and tender to every member of his family while also being you know, the ultimate protector. Um, so that self-sacrificing love, but also he's so creative mm-hmm. in how he does all of this with his wife mm-hmm. um, to make a safe space as safe as can be. Uh, in this, in this terrible situation, this dystopian future, sci-fi future that we've got in the film. Mm-hmm. So that trust that, you know, that their love is gonna carry them forward and, uh, and, and even at the point of, you know, risking their lives. Right. Uh, so the third characteristic then that Pope Francis talks about is, and he highlights more than three, but I'm just going with three, yeah. is that sense of an upright person, a righteous person, tender, and kind to those who are who are less privileged or who have less or who don't have a voice in society, merciful, just, but also balancing taking care of family and being a member of the community and, and modeling that for your children. Yeah. And I, I find this character very, very strongly in the film To Kill a Mockingbird. Atticus Finch is just a oh, great- yeah dad now this this isn't a family film uh, because of the themes the adult themes in it but it's you know if you haven't seen this film this is an amazing film it's, it's so well done i rewatched it a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. in preparation for the show and it's really it's a story of a family man who's a widower he has two young children but and it's at the height of the depression in a very depressed southern town and he is asked to be the defending lawyer of a black man who, in the 1930s South, is accused of raping a white woman, and um, so it, he powerfully uh, defends, and, and, and he's so upright and righteous, and yet and and, and fearless mm-hmm. in defending his in, in defending in court and in real in, in threatening situations. The people of the community that need that defending, but he's also so tender with his children, right. a, a true righteous, a true righteous man, I yeah. think. Uh, so these bring. I mean, there's other there's other great dads, and maybe this is a theme we can talk about further I so. on.
0: I like that you didn't exhaust all of Pope Francis's uh, characteristics from his letter. So that's uh, with the heart of the father, uh, Patrice Cordy, the, the letter he wrote about Saint Joseph. Um, so we got three and maybe we can continue next time with some of the others. Um, but, uh, certainly, uh, we got the whole year to talk about fatherhood and St. Joseph and Holy families. So, uh, Thank you. I like this theme very much. So if people have not watched To Kill a Mockingbird or read the book um, or to watch A Quiet Place, or I'm sure you can find some old episodes of Little House on the Prairie.
1: It is It is around online. Check it out. It's a great, it was a great show.
0: It is. It is, of course. Okay, good. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul. Have a blessed Holy Week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week for Easter.
1: That would be great. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro.
0: Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windows to the and you can also follow her at Sister M Paul. You're listening to a special edition of the Saltonite Hour featuring some of our favorite Windows to the Soul segments with Sister Marie Paul Curley. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you want to comment on anything you hear on this program, be sure to look for me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Coming up, Sister Marie Paul tells us about three animated films and a strong father figure film. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back. Happy Easter.
1: A blessed Easter to you and all our listeners. This is a lovely, oh, one, my favorite liturgical season.
0: It is, yes, the height. So we got some films, but not films about Easter.
1: Um, not exactly. What I wanted to do was I wanted, since the Oscars are late this year, I thought mm-hmm. it would be great to discuss some of the Oscar-nominated films before they are actually win their prizes, and we have the opportunity because of our scheduling to do that. Right, and surprisingly. Three out of the five nominated films for best animated feature deal with the theme of death and eternity. And I thought in light of the resurrection, it kind of fits yeah. because Jesus died and rose for us so that we can be with God in eternity in heaven. Well, you know um, the God, the Bible gives us images to talk about heaven because it's so Mm -hmm. it's definitely beyond description. Okay. I want to just quote that. I don't usually do this, but I'd like to quote the catechism of the Catholic church when it's talking about heaven as our ultimate, the reason for which God created us. And this is the church calls this contemplation of God in his heavenly glory, the beatific vision and it says this, it's a quote, how great will your glory and happiness be to be allowed to see God, to be honored with sharing the joy of salvation and eternal light with Christ, hmm. your Lord and your God, to delight in the joy of immortality in the kingdom of heaven with the righteous and with God's friends. I mean, this is this is a reality that's beyond words. It's like yes. so incredible. And so I find it fascinating that in films for children, animated films for children and families, that we have three films this year that were made that specifically focus on this theme of death and eternity. Mm-hmm. So the, the three that I'm going to focus on for the animated features are Onward, Over the Moon, and Soul. So Onward is a Pixar film that came out oh, sometime last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an urban fantasy Uh, the story of two teenage elf brothers who have a magical opportunity to spend one day with their father who died years ago to the point that the youngest brother doesn't even remember his father. Um, But they both miss him. The film is more about brotherhood and self-sacrifice. So even though it's talking about being reunited with a loved one for one day, it doesn't really focus on death and eternity in the same way as the other two films. However, the fact that that's kind of the motivation to get the film started is, is notable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, uh, you know, affirm the reality of an afterlife, which I think is helpful mm-hmm. in, in any film. So, Onward is something to think about, but it's basically an urban fantasy um, and it's a lot of fun. So, right. it's okay. okay. Over the Moon is the story of a young girl in China named Fei Fei who has very loving parents who share with her when she's young, the story, the, the traditional legend of the Chinese moon goddess, whose name I'm not gonna quite pronounce because <laughs> um, my pronunciation of Chinese is very poor. But this moon goddess lives on the moon forever longing for her true love who, di- who dies because he's human, but she has become immortal. And the film really focuses on grief. The, the grief of a child, she's about, I think, 10 or 12 years old when she goes on this journey to see the moon goddess, to prove mm. that she's real so that she can, you know, resolve grief and get her father to um, remember her mother better. And uh, but it's very It's such an odd idea of the afterlife for someone who's grown up in a Christian perspective. Now from what I've read, it does reflect well the legend of the moon goddess, but there's no sense of an overarching purpose in life of a loving, provident God. The moon goddess is wonderful, terrible, human, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, good, bad. She's everything human uh, by the time the film ends. And so this idea of the afterlife is very confused
0: okay.
1: uh, and even visually, I found it primary colored and not very detailed graphics.
0: Okay.
1: On the other hand, the story is really, it's really interesting and it's mm-hmm. well done, but I think it's good for parents to know that uh, it's such a non-Christian perspective
0: right. Right.
1: Um, that it's raising. And that might be something to discuss with your kids if you're watching it as a family. Mm-hmm. Full is the third film. It's also, oh, so Over the Moon is on Netflix. Soul is a Pixar Disney film. And it's the story of a middle-aged black jazz musician who seems to have been unsuccessful in everything in life until he actually gets the offer for the first time of a full-time job as a middle school band teacher. Mm. And he gets an offer to perform with a very famous musician. Um, so like the opportunity of a lifetime for a music gig for a musician, mm-hmm. which you can pay you probably appreciate a little bit. Yes. And so uh, so it's got the oddest perspective on the afterlife that I've ever seen in film. Um, it's unapologetically non-Christian. I think they tried to make it generic so mm-hmm. that, quote, everybody could identify with it. But in the end, it's a little bit platonic. We've got these like ideals that are kind of vague Mm -hmm. that human beings come to incarnate when they go to earth. But for the most part, you know, it's rooted in jazz music. And you would think with the history of Christianity in, um, you know, Black American history, that there would have been some kind of Christian resonance here, but there really isn't. So it makes a good point to live with eternity in mind. Um, to live, not just intentionally, but to relish every moment of our lives because they're such a gift. But in terms of looking at the afterlife, it's, it's very empty. There's no purpose. There's no sense of a loving, provident God, you know? And so I just, it's fascinating. We're talking about eternal life with Easter and we have these films that raise the ideas of the afterlife, but don't really express them in a way that's consonant with our faith. Right. So I, I, I thought that was just a good, it's kind of interesting that it is pointing to these things.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's a good point. I'd say that, that our belief that is that eternal life is not just life forever. It's life in heaven with God. And that's what makes a distinction, I think, but it might be interesting. You certainly made me uh, want to go and watch these films and, uh, and keep in mind what we believe and it's okay to appreciate some other ideas. Um, so, thank you. Happy Easter.
1: Happy Easter to you and everyone.
0: There you go. Onward, over the moon, and soul, three of the uh, an, uh, best picture nominations f- for uh, animated features. Uh, thank you, Sister Marie Paul Curley. She's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windows to the and follow her on Twitter at Sister M Paul.
1: I'm Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, it's good to see you. Welcome back.
1: It's great to be here as always, Deacon Pedro. uh, Did you catch the um, Academy Awards this year at all? No, it's
0: it's been a few years now that I have not caught the Academy Awards. And I don't think I even watched many of the films except maybe the trial of the chicago seven that was one of the 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 best picture nominees right see i don't even know what was nominated
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you know what this was a hard year to keep up with the with the movies um between streaming and what was in theaters and when theaters were open and And all that. what's available
0: what's available people if it's not on netflix you have to get watch it on disney or watch it on amazon or yeah i know
1: it's been, it's, yeah, the the how we watch movies is really developing changed, over these yeah. past couple years. It's changed a lot. Um, I also watched a Trial of the Chicago 7, and that's a very interesting film, very well done. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to catch a number of uh, Oscar nominees, so I actually decided to focus in on one because I want to stay with our theme of, you know, strong male father figures okay. uh, to kind of continue to remind Myself, because it's uh, when I do these shows, it's always for myself first. What am I finding that's helpful in these films? Yes. Um, but also to remember Saint Joseph. You know, he's so um, he's such a neglected saint. Yes. Um, so yes. I'm really hoping that this year Saint Joseph um, really highlights uh, 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 our devotion to him, our prayers, our understanding of really of. Uh, of um, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a father, what it means to be mm-hmm. a follower of Christ. Right. Um, since he really was the first, really. Um, I just you know it's just uh, he's he's wonderful. St yes. Joseph is. Yeah, and he is the more totally. time you spend with him, the better he is.
0: <laughs> so you found you did so, find some some films that have strong father figures or
1: yeah, and one of them was one of the Oscar award winners this year. Uh, the The film is called Minari. And it is, yeah, it's an American film, but it's made, uh, the story is the story of a Korean immigrant, a family that's immigrated from Korea and was living in California, but they moved to Arkansas to start a farm uh, to grow Korean vegetables for the Korean immigrant community. And it's really, it's about the father's dream of starting a farm, but it's a very powerful family film a bit of a slice of life family uh-huh. film there's there's while there are really uh, strong character arcs i would say for every character it's a very nuanced film there's a lot of subtlety in it and um so the the family moves to arkansas and of course they the uh, jacob is the father played by a, a brilliant stephen young i mean he's just mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. and um it's wonderful to see these actors switch back and forth to, from korean to english yeah. um, so the korean part is subtitled and the english part is in english so it's great and then the two children um, and then uh a little way through the film the grandmother uh comes and joins the family the mother's uh mother the mm. wife's mother and she is uh both the comic relief and a source of great tension in the film uh, because, and and she's, I think why the film has a PG 13 rating because she is a very uh, well, her language is not the best. And even though you're not, you're only hearing Korean swear words. um, You are reading them on the screen, which is a way of doing that a bad language um, that I had not thought about. Uh-huh. Uh anyway, but she's she actually won the Academy Award for Supporting Best Supporting Actress. So she does, if I'm not mistaken, so she does an amazing job um, with that. And basically the reason why I chose the film to talk about the film is, you know, the the letter that Pope Francis writes on Saint Joseph, he gives these adjectives to describe fatherhood. Um he talks about Saint Joseph as a beloved father. And I think um while there is a lot of tension between husband and wife in this film, because the wife is very concerned that they're risking everything to start this farm. And she's right. concerned about her, her son's health. His Her son's health is very fragile, which you find out early on in the film. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of tension between the two of them. And yet you see this father who's so hardworking and is really thinking about the needs of pretty much every member of the family, even when he's facing that tension even when it's so, so difficult. So this this sense of, um, you know, he's following his own dream but he's doing it for the sake of his family, for providing for his family and for offering hope for the future for his children so that they can know what it's like to follow their dreams. And they do all this with this very sparse dialogue that's half in English and half in Korean. So it's it's very well done. Hmm. Um, The other piece that I really liked about the film is you see how tender, Jacob is with his son, David. Um, David's young. I think that David is a son. He's about six, maybe. I'm I'm not sure. Um, But he's very tender. He spends a lot of time in conversation with his son, even though, you know, this is a Korean immigrant family of the 1980s. And so family discipline is different um, Uh than maybe we would think of today. And yet he's very tender with his son and with his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, The daughter's a little bit of the neglected character, so I feel like the screenplay got a little lost there. But but in terms of these family members, you really fall in love with them and you really start rooting for them. Um, I think the great sacrificial love that the father has for his family, his willingness to work, to change, to grow, is just very impressive and offers us a beautiful model of fatherhood. so I, I it's rated PG thirteen, but I do feel like for the most part it's a family film. There are some very, there's some very real moments. There's, a, there's serious drama. There's serious illness, um, and uh, and it's, it's again, it's a slice of life. So you're kind of going deeper into the characters, but nice. it's a great watch. I do recommend it. Yeah, um, good,
0: and it is on Netflix, so people can easily access access. It.
1: It's it's streaming. Um, I can't, yeah, I think it's on Apple. Plus, I I don't
0: remember where it's available, but I think it's available pretty much. It's available everywhere. All right, good. So that's Minari. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, I I had a couple other films to talk about, but um, one is a zombie movie with a great father figure, but I think we might just have to leave that till next time.
0: Maybe now that's good. That's a good, uh, intriguing message to leave our listeners with. Come back next time and find out who the good Father figure is in the zombie movie. Um, okay, good. But Minari, good. I'm glad you spoke about that because I heard a lot about that film.
1: Thank you, De- Deacon Pedro. You you and I, all the listeners are in my prayers.
0: Thank you. Sister Marie Paul Curley, she's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com, and you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is a special Windows to the Soul edition of the Saltonite Hour. As we end this week's episode, Sister Marie Paul speaks to us about two more films with strong father figures. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. It's good to see you.
1: Oh, it's good to be here, Deacon Pedro, as always. And happy Father's Day.
0: Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. It's
1: a very special, it's a special Father's Day in the year. Especially with the year of Saint
0: Joseph. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: I love how the year of Saint Joseph is highlighting this very hidden, humble saint. I mm-hmm. think Pope Francis deserves a lot of kudos for having kind of yes. raised his profile in the church. Um, what what has there been anything coming from the year of Saint Joseph that has kind of stirred up your devotion to Saint Joseph? Have you always like
0: oh, that's very um, that's a good question, and and I'm kind of a little ashamed to say that no, but yes, I mean, I have been doing as much as possible, even just that prayer to St. Joseph, which I had never done. Um, And I'm going to say that the devotion, St. Joseph has always been present in my life since my first communion, when I received the statue of St. Joseph. Uh So he's always been there, but I think I've never, I I sort of never really paid much attention to him until I realized that, um, that he'd been there. And that like, for example, you know, working at Salt and Light Media, people don't know our parent company is St. Joseph Corporation. Um, And we have retreats and we're like at the chapel of St. Joseph and all these things that that I see in moments in my life that he's been there. Um, And of course, now that statue of St. Joseph that I received at my first communion is prominently sitting in our living room um, (laughs) on top of our piano. So he's there. He's there. And maybe he doesn't want more prominence because he's St. Joseph, but he's there.
1: He is. He's. He's. I'm sure he's. He loves being the hidden saint. Yes. Um, which is actually an aspect of Saint Joseph that Pope Francis brings out in his letter. You know, as we talk about movie fathers who yes. have some similarities or can help us appreciate Saint Joseph more, um, one of the characteristics that I hadn't talked about yet was this whole idea of, and, and Pope Francis uses these words, a father in the shadows. Yes. And he he puts it like this. In his relationship to Jesus, Joseph was the earthly shadow of the heavenly father. Mm. He watched over Jesus and protected him. Um, And then uh, he also makes a really good point too, which is going to speak to a couple of the movies that I'm talking about today. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world, but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Whenever yes. a man accepts responsibility for the life of another, in some way, he becomes a father mm-hmm. to that person. And uh, Pope Francis goes on to say that we that we need fathers in the church. So for all the fathers out there who are listening, you are in my prayers this weekend mm. um, and that you can fulfill your vocation to fatherhood. But wow. on to movies, because I left you hanging last yes. time with a, with zombie, a zombie movie. Zombie movie. <laughs> Do you watch? zombie movies no not at
0: all and and if you ask me what's my favorite zombie father figure i have no idea (laughs) at a loss completely
1: i've 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 seen a few zombie movies in my time um i don't particularly enjoy them uh but (laughs) i did see a recent zombie film i saw a film recently um on Netflix um because it had Martin Freeman in it okay. and it is a zombie movie that takes yes. place in Australia and it is called Cargo okay. it's the story of a zombie outbreak in Aust- I think it's Australia mm-hmm. um and uh there you know the the people are the land. the people the country is devastated by zombies mm-hmm. and it's the story of a father who basically just humbly keeps pushing on to save his infant his infant child. Right. And it's very powerful the level of sacrifice and that he will go to uh, in trying to protect this child. And it, it's a beautiful film uh, if you can put up with the zombies. So yes. it's really okay. not for everyone, but for our maybe our teenage audience or maybe the people in this audience who enjoy um, zombie films, that's a possibility.
0: Yeah. So Protector.
1: A protector. Yes. Mm -hmm. But also the fact that he's so self-effacing, he's very, you know, Martin Freeman does a wonderful job of being ordinary. And I think that really comes across in the film. And he makes the film with his acting. Uh, The second, second film I wanted to talk about is a, well, you could see many versions of it. I've uh, probably, I know I've talked about Les Miserables before on this radio, uh, on this show. Uh, but the minis the BBC miniseries Les Miserables does a wonderful job of portraying the main, the protagonist, Jean Valjean, as an incredible father and father figure to uh, a young, a young girl that he basically takes in. He adopts her. So yeah. and and he is very hidden in his fatherhood of this little girl. I, I think about not just that he keeps her safe, he protects her uh, from the law. He protects her from her abusive uh, family uh, the abusers who had uh, were using her as a worker. um and he he protects her all through her life to the point that she's so sheltered she doesn't even realize all that he's done for her. yeah, uh, and he's enabled her to grow up mature and a- being able to love freely, which is a huge accomplishment for any father to do. Yes. yeah, uh, and finally, uh, the BBC miniseries does a wonderful job in this. Um, it shows how Jean Valjean is willing to let go of his daughter, like willing to let her live his life. And he really struggles with it. It's very obvious in the book. It's very obvious in the many of the versions of the films. Mm-hmm. But this is the version that really enables you to see that call to let go and that Christ-like love that uh, that Jean Valjean gives to his daughter in letting her move forward in her life, even without him, if that's right. going to be better for her. So yeah. a very powerful figure, you know, St. Joseph disappears into the shadows and Jean Valjean does too, in a way. And we can all learn that silence and humility in our love for others. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but a great patron for, for fathers, St. Joseph, I just happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. And Thank
0: you yes and not not so much a shadow figure but but the sacrifice that it that it that it involves because jean valjean he 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 goes but it's a huge sacrifice as you said um and i don't think he even explains to uh cosette why he's disappearing he just has to um yeah yeah, yeah just, very hard that was be, that must be very hard as a father to be able to do that knowing that that's what's best for your child yeah for you yeah. to for you to move on yeah thank you so jean valjean and the zombie father—that's a protector from the film *Cargo*. Um, I'm <laughs> gonna have to to look at those. I have seen all the miniseries, the the the, the *Limis Limis* series, but I have not seen the zombie movie, so I'll have to add that <laughs> to my list. Um, thank you very much, sister. Thank you, and again, yeah, a reminder to all fathers: Happy Father's Day. You're sister- in my
1: prayers. Take care.
0: Thank you, Sister Marie Paul Curley. She is a, a member of the Congregation of the Daughters of Saint Paul. And you can follow her at Sister M. Paul and read her blog at windowsthesoul.wordpress.com. That brings us to the end of this special film edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Today's segments were a compilation of some of the best Windows to the Soul segments with Sister Marie Paul Curley from 2020 and 2021. To listen to more of these segments, visit our website, slmedia.org podcast, or subscribe to the salt and light hour catholic podcast wherever you get your podcasts remember that the more of you that subscribe the more people will find our program so thank you for subscribing it's free and thank you for being with us today i'm deacon pedro and this has been a special edition of the salt and light hour